Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and Pastor Adam Osher continue their discussion on the small called articles. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service in His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I'm joined by Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Adam Osher. All right, today is the day that we get to mispronounce stuff. I, I really wish I had the jingle for Schoolhouse Rock <laughs> memorized, yep. and we would be doing fun with pronunciation, yeah. <laughs> well, basically, can we just end the episode here and just say go listen to the Flame song? Yeah. Yeah, right, yes. So the yeah, shout out to... Three Genera, the Flame yeah. song on his communion album, yep. Christ, Christ For Christ You. Christ For You. Yeah, uh, it's we're gonna have a lot of overlap with that, and and right now, all apologies to everyone who knows even a little bit about Latin, because none of the three of us do, and we will say it differently. Okay, no, no, we're, I'm Gen- I'm laying the smack down right now. Yeah, what'd you say? Gen- three genera. Genera. Three genera. Yeah, never mind. It's the three genera, and we're gonna say genus. This is America. And the stars and the stripes <laughs> still fly. <laughs> the the hard g sound versus the j sound. I don't think the j sound was part of Latin. No, it's it's probably genus or, or genera or yeah. But but we're gonna go with the well, j we sound because we're we're white middle American <laughs> somewhat poor poor pronunciators. Yeah, so the Gene Segura episode. No, no, this is the way we're gonna call it. It's yeah. because we're all in favor of GIF and not GIF, so we do animated GIFs. So okay. we're gonna go with the hard G for that reason. Say it again. The three the three genera genera and then right. gayness uh, for each one. Gayness. Okay. So genera is plural. I'm just practicing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Are we ready for the three genera? It out. Right, because you guys said last time that you were going to have me say it and then laugh at me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to say it or do you want me sure, to say it we'll first? Sure, we'll do it. All right, I so want to hear Brett say it. <laughs> the, fir- the first, <laughs> oh, the first right. one, Brett. Genus idiomaticum. Idiomaticum. Yes. All right, second one. Genus myostaticum. My, that's the coolest one. Yeah. Myostaticum right. sounds awesome. It, it feels like you're, I, I, at least I feel kind of like I'm in a stadium, like yeah. pr- pronouncing over the... <laughs> myostaticum. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I have weird names for my kids. The first starts with J, the second K, the third L. M would be the next one. Myostaticum. Myostaticum could be like... Yeah. That would be awesome. You know, it could be boy or girl name. Well, M- if it was name? a girl, you yeah. could name her Maya and her middle name could be Staticum. Yes. <laughs> So I'd have Maya and Kaya. Yes, yeah. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> all right. All right. Are you nervous, Brett? This I'm is the very, one you've been screwing up nervous, all day. I'm very nervous. Very nervous. Okay, three. Apostle. Genus. Ap- <laughs> <laughs> you jerk. Oh, you did it. Apotelismaticum. You jerk. How could you? <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> To be fair, Brett worked really hard, and you should all know that. Brett has been working hard, and the word word looks like apostle, but it's apatelos, or kind of from the the end, or with the purpose of things, and we'll get to that. If you break it down into its parts. The greatest thing is it comes from the Greek word apotelosmai, but this is a Latin distinction. Mm -hmm. So apotelosmaticum, and each one of these describe the communication of the Mm -hmm. attributes between the two natures of Christ. Right. And so 
doing our best to take scripture as far as it lets us go and then stopping where it stops, right? Because the the three great mysteries in the church— There's actually four great mysteries, but the first three great mysteries, one is the mystery of the Trinity, three persons, one God, one God, three persons, neither subdivided. Right. You know, read the Athanasian Creed. The second great mystery of the church is the two natures in Christ. Okay. The third mystery of the church is the sacramental union, how Christ is in with and under the bread and wine of communion. The fourth is the mystical union, how we are united with Christ. Hmm. So you look at it that way. Yeah. And, awesome. and people order them in different ways, but that's how I've always remembered them. So we're talking about two natures in Christ. Yeah. So it's a divine mystery, but there are some things that we can say for sure that if we get it wrong, we end up as heretics. And that's where we're making the distinction. And we find and we find our uh, source of information in scripture alone. And that's what the genera or genera or however you would pronounce it in Latin. It simply means kinds, the kinds of ways that scripture talks about Jesus. Yep. And there are three kinds of ways that we're going to look at today of, of the way scripture talks about Jesus. That's what, that's what this is all about. That's what all those fancy words are all about is yep. just, let's talk about them in these types of categories or ways to understand more about what that nature, uh, that human nature of Christ looks like, uh, and how we can talk about how that the divine and human human nature of Christ uh, is spoken of in scripture. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for getting ready for this episode, these episodes, uh, I actually pulled out my Martin Chemnitz Two oh, Natures two in Christ. Nature. I brought it with me today to the recording studio. There is a, uh, a banana peel laying on top of it currently. The yeah. banana is gone. I, I just, just want to say that for our listeners. Just consumed a banana. Thank you. Yeah. And, and yeah, so... And, and also Peeper has a good good so section. So Peeper, Chemnitz, yeah. both are pretty good. I mean, just reading through the confessions gives you something. But Peeper, <laughs> Peeper has probably 20, 25 pages on the three genera. And it's a good start just to start realizing this is a big deal. Yeah. And it, it, it can be tough to wrap your mind around it. There's a lot of people who really struggle with Chemnitz. You know, Chemnitz is very precise in how he writes. But Two Natures in Christ is one of the most important yeah. books written in the Lutheran Church. As much as it gets the, you know, oh man, put it by your bedstand to fall asleep at, you know, that. Yeah. I've never found it to be the case. Yeah. It, there's nothing wrong with reading something slowly so yeah. that you understand it. I mean, not everything has to be airport hardcover nonfiction, you know, nonsense, right? And and there's a, there's a cognitive load, there's a cognitive demand to reading advanced theology like that. But again, uh, it's not worthless. It's not ivory tower scholasticism or anything like that. What it is, is it's being specific because scripture says it. That's yep. why we say it. Scripture says it. But it's also for our comfort that we have the exact kind of savior we need to rest in our assurance of salvation. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. So yeah, with that, uh, let's launch into the first. Uh, we have uh, genus idiomaticum. And like you said, Adam, uh, that word uh, meaning kinds. And so what what is this one all about, the first one? Idiomaticum uh, refers basically to the attributes of a person or the properties or what belongs to the, the person. Um, so yeah, so in, in the, when we're talking about the nature of Christ, what, what properties or attributes belong to Christ, um, 
that are, are peculiar either to his divine or human nature. Uh, what does scripture say about those things, about his, his attributes? Well, and, and the big thing with the genus idiomaticum is that what is particular either to the divine nature or to the human nature belongs to the whole Christ. To one Jesus. And so mm-hmm. we're, yeah. we're, what we're looking at is all of Jesus gets credit for being divine and all of Jesus gets credit for being human. So first Corinthians, uh, Two, eight, none of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. In, in, in Jewish Hebrew context, Lord is the kind of the, I never know what, how to classify it grammatically what they're doing, but, but the Jews refuse to pronounce Yahweh. They refuse out of piety to say the covenant name. And so what they would say is Adonai, which is translated Lord. It's like a euphemism, but it's not really a euphemism. But, and so when, when Paul is writing about the Lord of glory, he's writing about Yahweh. And they crucified God is essentially the content of 1 Corinthians 2.8. So that when Jesus was crucified, divine nature and human nature, both dead. Both dead. Because there's one Christ. Yeah, or when he does, um, and and maybe we'll get into this too, I'm not sure, but, you know, the the miracle aspect of things. So so Jesus does something very godly, godlike, or God-esque, or he just does God he's things. A, That's, he ex- is a God, God so thing. I can say he does yeah. God, his God things, like healing, he does beautiful miracles, things. exercising demons, making, you know, all of the things that, that Jesus does that way. It's the human Jesus doing it too. He doesn't just, oh, I'm going to leave aside the human side for now. This is the God side doing it. No, there isn't sides, and that's the big point, right? Yeah, exactly. And so you know, there, Acts 3.15, they killed the author of life. It's the same thing in there. A human dies, author of life lives. Yeah, right? Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The immutability of God is an important uh, attribute of God that we talk about. Jesus Christ also is immutable according to the divine nature, but that means Jesus is immutable, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And again, that's a comfort. Jesus Christ being immutable is a comfort because that means the gospel is never going to be pulled back. Hmm. You know, God's never going to change his mind about the gospel. Jesus is never not going to be the satisfaction for our sins. That's really important to confess. Mm -hmm. And when Jesus is arguing with the Pharisees, uh, and in the in the Gospel of John, when he's saying to them, you know, oh, Abraham said this, da, 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 and he's like, hey, before Abraham was, I am. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So you just basically identified yourself with God, yet he's standing before them as as, as one one single unit, who is the God Man Jesus Christ. Hmm. Yeah. So to sum up again, just so we don't get lost too far in the yeah. weeds on this, that there are attributes that belong to the human nature, there are attributes that dev- belong to the divine nature, but they belong to the whole Christ. Genus idiomaticum. Bam! All right. Nailed it. Uh, let's, let's move on to the second. Genus myostaticum. All right. What's, what's this one all about? That's the properties of the divine majesty. The myostaticum comes from the same word for majesty. And what the, the genus or genus myostaticum is that the properties of the divine nature are communicated to the human nature, but not in reverse for common possession. Hmm. And so uh, the divine nature isn't diminished in glory by being united to the human nature. The human nature is elevated by being united to the divine nature. Yeah, very good. Yeah, and so this is one where the Lord's Supper really starts to come into picture yep. here, the implications as it relates to the Lord's Supper. Yeah, God has flesh and blood. Yeah. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. 
Adam, were you going to say something? No, I was just going to, uh, well, I was, but it was kind of in relationship to the Lord's Supper there. Um, just the nature of the, the majesty of God, like the, the fact that we can have this guy who comes to us and who sits around a table with his disciples saying, you know, take, eat, this is my body. Uh, as he com- as, as God comes down into man to come to us, I was just going to highlight that as kind of being the majesty aspect of, of this, which is... Uh, it, it's it's really an interesting thing. The words sometimes get in the way of just the beauty and the simplicity. I don't know if simplicity is the right no, word. Simplicity is <laughs> an attribute of God. It's a perfect word to use. But it is. I mean, it is. It's it's it's. We're talking about the divine, but he he has condescended to us in such a way that he makes clear uh, certain aspects of himself. There, like you said, there there are mysteries. There are things about how does the the whole Trinity thing work? Well, you know, we could we'll end up on a uh, you know. Um, Connell and Donald episode if we try, right? Yeah. Uh, but in this particular situation, it's just very, very clear. You know, the majesty of God is at play. The majesty yep. of God coming down into the person of Jesus, elevating, like you said, to the person of Jesus in that way. And so you, you get verses like John one fourteen. It's probably the best known mm-hmm. verse that applies mm-hmm. to this. The word... Okay, so even before wrapping your brain around that, the word, as it's used there in John chapter 1, takes us all the way back to John 1, 1, and 2. And so in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And so that's behind the scenes. Then we read forward to John 1, 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so that, that, that's the, the divine nature elevating the human nature that the that's the flow of the attributes there hmm. you take me up where, oh, how does it go <laughs> the song you bring me up where we belong you know that song I think, yeah uh, like yeah. it feels like i, From I don't the know 80s? it feels like yeah, maybe <laughs> it feels like that i feel like we're talking about a lot of things here that are hard and i thought bringing in uh, is it 80s or 90s maybe 90s yeah. i don't remember where but uh, i don't even know if the song applies alone. yeah yeah i got it i'm with you I'm sorry, J- Jason's giving me this death stare. Like <laughs> death 90 stare. references belong, 90s references no, belong 80s, to me. You can have the 80s. I'm, I, it's bemused, I think, is the word you want to use. I'm just trying to wrap my brain around where that came from. It's like a, you're like a Rorschach radio show is what you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, it made sense to me, Jason. Okay, that's great. I'm happy for you. Yeah, yeah so... Any other verses here that are that flesh out this second? Well, genus? really, the whole Gospel of John yeah. is an exercise yeah. in the myostaticum, right? That, that's what you yeah. have. So, uh, John five, and he gave him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. The Son of Man. That language takes us all the way back into Ezekiel and Daniel language, and so this is not a a kind of New Testament invention of the church. This is God's design. Right, and so uh, John six fifty one. I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also which I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Hmm. Yeah. So, I guess playing playing off of that, uh, you know, John six maybe isn't necessarily referring to the Lord's Supper, but uh, just to remind us again how this genus. Uh, or what? how that relates to the Lord's Supper and uh, what we have in, in well, that gift. The only reason the Lord's Supper can be the Lord's Supper, that we can receive both the guarantee of the forgiveness of sins and that Jesus can be simultaneously present in, with, and under the bread and wine of communion at millions of altars, 
as communion is served is because it's the flesh and blood of God, hmm. right? It's that that divine nature allows for Jesus to do this. And, and yeah. the, you know, maybe we can have, I know we have a handful of Calvinist listeners and I know we don't always accurately represent <clears throat> their beliefs, but mm-hmm. I'm going to do my best to accurately represent a criticism that Lutherans have of Calvinist beliefs. And that is the fundamental confession of Calvinism is that God is sovereign. God is sovereign, God is sovereign, God is sovereign. You hear it all the time. And then when you get to communion, you say, well, this is the body and blood of Jesus. Is Cal- means is. Yeah. yeah. Well, he can't do that because his flesh and blood is in heaven. And that makes no sense. You don't have an, a consistent internal confession if those two truths stand. They're, they're not in tension. They're in opposition to one another. That's the Lutheran assessment of it. And so one of the ways the, the, the Lutherans explain what we believe about what is a mystery, and we will admit the sacramental union is a mystery. We don't know how Jesus is in with in, under the bread and wine. We know how he isn't. We know he isn't merely symbolically in the Lord's Supper. We know he doesn't transform the bread and wine into his body and blood like transubstantiation teaches, but we know that he's there because he's promised to be there. And we can say that that works because he's God. He's fully God and fully man. Yeah. I think this, this is really helpful to help us maybe not fully grasp it with our minds, but maybe come to a better place of yeah, being being okay with what, like you say, going as far as scripture, and, and not further. Yeah, and 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 that's the tension right there. We want to go exactly as far as scripture lets us go. We don't want to back away from it and say, I don't get it. You know, I don't understand it. If if scripture speaks clearly, we want to speak clearly because it's in there to point to Jesus for our benefit. But when scripture says stop. We're not going to put words in God's mouth. We're not going to finish that logical sentence for the benefit of our minds. That's the magisterial use of reason we talked about last week. We want to have the ministerial use of reason where we take what God says, we think about it, we apply it consistently with what the words teaches us. Amen. Any other comments on the genus myostaticum for move on to the last one? Here we go. Don't be a jerk. Let him get it. Let him get it. (sighs) Genus Apotelismaticum. You remember? Yeah. I'm sorry, Flame. No. <laughs> well, what we're going to do right now, since you brought 80s music into this, we're going to all take a trip back to the 90s. And we're going to think about Volkswagen vehicles for just one second. How many, either one of you two remember the Farfig Nugan? Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing was based on you could not pronounce the name of the car. Uh, Brett, you are now driving an Apotelismaticum mobile. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will take it. I do need a new vehicle. Yeah. So. <laughs> <Hint, hint. laughs> Uh, so, so what is yeah, what is what the is genus Apostelismaticum? Yeah. <laughs> See what you did to me? Guess who the only one batting a thousand uh, is today? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, what is this one? Uh, what's a, uh, how do we define it? And each yeah. nature uh, performs what is particular to itself with the participation of it. So it's very similar to the idiomaticum. Okay. But so what we say, what we can say, is that when Jesus died. His human, he died according to the human nature. His, according to the human nature, he suffered, but Jesus still died. 
the whole Jesus died. Or when Jesus performed a miracle, he healed according to the divine nature, mm-hmm. but Jesus still healed. And so... Uh, the, I, just, I just preached this past Sunday on when he calmed the storm. He was yep. sleeping, and then the next moment he's... And, and that's calming. both natures. Yeah. That's a perfect juxtaposition yep. for that. And so the idiomaticum explains that what belongs to one of the natures belongs to the whole Christ. The apotelismaticum explains that each nature performs its own function as Christ. The folk, another way to say that is the focus in the apotelismaticum is on the work. Rather than the person. Rather than the person. Yep, that's a good way to think about it. Yeah. And that's, you know, we were talking about breaking apart the word. Is that apotelis? Is that kind of the, the how you would... That's how I remembered how to pronounce oh, okay. it, Brett. <laughs> I have is, no is there idea. Any, uh, yeah, so no apo is a there. preposition in Greek, and mm-hmm. it means uh, from, from or through. Uh, telos, teles, I'd, I'd have to look at the morphology on that and yeah. the etymology. I don't know. It, it sounds like the Greek word for... For telos, which is end, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure. No, that's but purpose. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, I, oh, sure. l- listen to us, everybody who's actually listening to this now and like screaming at your, uh, you know, whatever device you're listening on, that's that's exactly what's happening. So they're idiots. How do they not know? This is gripping. But, I mean, tell, let, let's be honest here. If you made it 286 episodes before figuring out that we're idiots, uh, that's your problem, not ours. <laughs> no, but okay. Shame on you. Yes. <laughs> But with that, telos means purpose or work or and like what is the so the idea like of like teleological yeah. understanding of of a of a person you know it comes from the purpose of you know or from the work of I think is kind of the the etymology. If I'm wrong, write Jason dot Goodham. <laughs> no, uh, what's funny about that is if we're wrong and people love us, it'll be like Luther in the large catechism where he's like, this is where we got the word God from, and then like linguists are like, no. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's good stuff, but no. Because <laughs> Luther, uh, in the first article of the Creed in the Large Catechism, is like, Germans get the word God from the word good. Oh, and, sure. And they're, uh, you know, like, if you read annotated, an, anno, annotated, annotated notion, or notarized uh, Large Catechism, they're like, no. No. Not consistent. That's not where the German gets it at all. Is there a relationship, changing subjects entirely, <laughs> Luther's etymology aside, uh, etym- etymological uh, failings aside, is this particular apostelismaticum, is it, uh, is there any relationship to, to vocation, right? So as a, uh, or, or can we think of it in terms of office or not? I don't think we can do it in terms of office because I think you end up towing the line between a divided sure. Christ. Yeah. Right. So the whole Christ has all of the vocations and he serves in those vocations according to, because I mean, you, 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 if you think about on vocational level, let's go back to Brett's example of Jesus calming the storm. Okay. Uh, Jesus calming the storm, the rest, Jesus resting, actually he is loving his neighbor by, you know, it's like, well, you have little faith. And, And the disciples were not trusting that Jesus would protect them knowing that he had to go to the cross, right? But then Jesus exercising the divine nature and calming the storm is also in love for his neighbor. And so it works both ways, but we want to be consistent because again, the the, the two er- ways you don't want to err when you're talking about the two natures of the Christ is you don't want to artificially separate them and end up with two Jesuses, mm-hmm. and you don't want to ar- artificially blend them and have only one nature, 
Uh, if you have two Jesuses, you lose salvation. If you have one nature, you lose salvation. And so we got to be very careful neither to divide nor to blend. Sure. The only reason I brought up the office thing, not so much can we take it in terms of Christ's office, but when we think of it to understand this particular um, genus, the, the nature of, for instance, Jason, you're a board member at the college where I serve as dean. Mm-hmm. And there are conversations that we have related to work. Uh, we've also been friends for a long time. And we've, we've had... We've also co- been enemies. We've had... Occasionally. <laughs> yes. Friend, Even friend better. Yeah. This is operating out of my enemy relationship to you. You know? Um, anyway, but, but the whole idea, you've, you've often said, I'm speaking now as a board member and not as a friend, or vice versa. Yeah. Actually, it's more in the opposite. But just to understand that there's a distinction, um, you know, that, that Christ's... Um, that, that Christ's human nature dies, that his divine nature heals, uh, that the author's life, better better said, according to the scriptures, that you have these distinctions. And I think that's the way I've understood it, maybe. And that's why I was saying the whole office piece. So in, in, to answer it, yes, comma, space, but, and we're going to be talking about this next episode. It makes for a good mm-hmm. segue yeah, so good that Brett segue. can land with it. Uh, yeah. the, 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 the canonic heresy. Mm. Uh, where uh, canonicism is where Christ emptied himself of his divine nature and did not have access to that. No, we, we've got to be very careful. And you'll hear some right. Lutheran teaching about this. Like, it's very popular in Lutheran circles that when Jesus confesses from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, that he literally didn't know why God forsook him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we can go there. I don't agree when Lutheran pastors do that. When Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, he's fulfilling scripture. Okay, so Jesus is always fully God and always fully man after the incarnation. And I think that's where we let it sit. You know, we can say with a fair amount of confidence that sometimes he did not make use of his divine nature uh, during his humiliation here on earth, but he always had access to it. Uh, it, it never abandoned them. And, and that kenotic yeah. controversy where that really comes up, and I'll try to tie this up as quickly as I can, um, is this, this notion, especially of the oneness P- Pentecostals or the new apostolic reformation, where they talk about Christ as the spirit of the anointing rather than about a title of Jesus as the anointed one. And so what you'll have then is that the, the Christ spirit anointed Jesus for his earthly ministry and then abandoned him while he was suffering on the cross. And then now when Jesus ascended into heaven, he left back the anointing for his church. And then it's expressed in the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? That's more or less a really bad summary of what the New Apostolic Reformation, oneness Pentecostal kind of nonsense is, right? That we have to be careful that is artificially dividing the Christ, and we don't want to do that, right? So Christ has offices. Prophet, priest, and king uh, are the way to talk about those offices. Christ also has attributes. We talk about the attributes of God. We talked about immutability. Immutability. Thank you. Apotelismaticum. Not even a thousand anymore. Are <laughs> yeah, you? No. Oh, I was almost a DiMaggio, but I came up short. Uh, but so there's different ways, but we we kind of want to stay in each one of those categories. Home camps on that. So we we can talk about the office. We can talk about the vocations, but we got to do so with an even greater deal of precision than we would already handle the topic. So to, so to summarize. Um, Basically, Jesus is fully God, fully man, always has been God, became man, will always be 100% God, 100% man in one person. 
Correct. Okay. And then we can also probably uh, summarize these three fancy words with the idea that we are looking at what does Scripture say about the attributes of Christ? What does it say about the majesty and, the, and his, his nature, his human nature coming up to the divine majesty? And then uh, what does his work look like? And we talk about those things because that's how Scripture talks about those things. Is that a fair summary? Yep, exactly. We, that is a perfect way to end it. Very good. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Students grades 9th through 12th are invited to campus days at the Free Lutheran Bible College in Plymouth, Minnesota on April 14th and 15th. Guests will sit in on sample classes, tour the campus, meet future classmates, and hear how God's Word provides a firm foundation for your life. To register, go online at flbc.edu slash campus days. God bless you and have a great week.